Good morning. Thank you for joining for the practice of being aware of awareness. Invite you to take these first few moments to check in with the body and, and see if there's a little stretch or adjustment or movement that would bring some ease as part of bringing attention, which by necessity has been outward focused to get here, to intend and then follow through and then arrive. there's necessarily attention that has gone outward to a clock and to what one needs to do to do that. We can notice that. Now we can do that sacred U-turn where we bring the attention back in. Turn it around, face it inward. And the easiest place usually for it to land is body sensations. So we're just checking in to see if there's any part of the body that is calling for a little attending. And if not, Maybe we can just turn up the curiosity dial on what is happening in the inner body. And this gives attention, not just a place to rest, but a sensation or series of sensations to rest upon. That's just part of the slow cajoling of attention back inward. But at the same time, you know, not pushing away anything. If, if there were to be a loud sound in the room where you are, attention would jump right out. And you would watch that. You wouldn't go anywhere. Attention would. And that would be seen, that would be noticed. And then a concomitant intention may arise to now bring attention back again, gently. And just watch as, as that happens.
And one of the things you can start to see is that attention is going to go where attention goes. Thoughts will run in the mind over the next hour. Feelings will run in the body. May or may not be sounds in your particular atmosphere. I imagine that there will be sounds here. And the opportunity we have is to inhabit the awareness that attention flips around to the nature of attention. It's been programmed for novelty. Any delta at all will do. Change in temperature, change in sound, change in taste. Even with your eyes closed, if there was a bright light in your room for a minute, you would see the light through your eyelids if your eyes are closed. Attention would be on it. But that would be noticed too. So we're not trying to tame attention. Quite the opposite. We are inhabiting the space back behind attention. But doesn't have a preference about where attention goes. Because it's seen that it isn't affected by where attention goes. And for simplicity's sake, we can just call this place we're looking from the background of awareness. Michael Singer calls it the seat of the witness. We can notice that the aperture is very wide, allows the whole play to play through. It doesn't just see the set, right? It sees, it sees the stage, it sees the background, the wings. It also sees the audience. It sees the whole building, it sets in. It sees the sky above it, knows the ground below it. And it even knows the sky that is all the way below the ground below it. So not only 
is the wandering of attention, fully permitted. But we're also fully permitting the color commentary that mind provides. Because when you fall behind it and just watch it, and you see a thought form come in, not there, not there, and then bloop, comes in. The natural intelligence that you are knows that's not you. That's another one of those crazy thoughts. Maybe very familiar. You may have seen it a million times. But the million first time, it doesn't become you. It is the millionth and first time that the thought is seen by you. Personally for me, it's only when I'm well-established and knowing thoughts aren't me that I can truly hear them because there's nothing here that's threatened by them. So that kind of undoes this automatic suppression projection mechanism that has us delude ourselves into not hearing the ominous music in the background, which has some story that there's a separate us that isn't doing it right, or there's a separate them that isn't doing it right again, isn't enough. situation isn't right, isn't enough, is too much. Egoic, egoic storylines always one, either clinging or rejecting, clinging or rejecting. Super special and I could lose it, or this is not one at all, so I have to reject it. that can all be seen. We cannot disidentify from something we don't see, we don't hear. That we aren't willing to be present with for at least as long as it takes to realize it's not us and we don't want that experience. So we don't choose to continue to have attention on it.
So one of the ways to directly experience the intelligence that we are is to not just notice when thoughts arise and kind of intuit that they're not us, watch them fade away, but to actually practice a, a, a more direct form of self-inquiry. So maybe we wait for the next thought to arise. It's a little bit like turn the lights on with roaches, right? They tend to go for a while. Just we just wait till a thought rises up. I just heard the thought, that's a truck. It's a truck in the distance. Um, and so the question is, to what? Did that thought arise, right? I'm not the thought. I am not the words. That is a truck. This I know. There is no self-identification mechanism at work with that type of thought. But it makes it a perfect thought to do self-inquiry on. How do I know that that was a thought? What heard the thought? To what did it arise? By what was it heard? And the answer comes me. Okay, fair enough. Who is this me? If there's a me here, should be able to find it. So I take the spotlight of it, my inner awareness, and just shine it, looking for this me, the me that claims to have heard the thought. I actively look for the me. And there's, there's, there's two things of note when we do that. The first thing of note is what we do not find. I have never found a separate me. I have never found an independent entity sitting over on the side or in the back going, hey, hey, I'm over here. I just don't find one. but I don't jump to the conclusion that one's not there. It's the looking with our inner awareness. It takes another little chunk out of the program that says, I am what arises in this mind. I am identified with the thoughts in the head, the words that come, the images feelings. And I just, there's a connection that is presumed. 
and I snip that connection to self-inquiry. So I don't find a separate me. I don't find a little Anne in the corner or you know, out in the back. Well, maybe we wait for another thought and we do it again. Okay. I saw the thought, you're going too slow. This is boring. All right. So the thought, you're, you're going too slow. This is boring. It's that voice is speaking as if it's speaking to someone and that's where the the myth of personhood comes in right i look now on whose behalf does that opinion arise that it's too slow it's boring who thinks it's boring who, who is it that posits that? And I look at that inner searchlight, right? I look in my head, the neck, the shoulders, the arms, the chest. Maybe it's in the heart. Nope. Right? Down the lower chest, the belly, torso. Nope. I don't find anything. Down the right leg, down the left leg, I check the feet, check the hands, come back up to the head one more time. It seems like it could be there. I don't find any separate me. There's a thought. You're going too slow, this is boring. But there is no thinker of the thought. I don't find a thinker. I didn't think it. I just watched it plop in. So it's important what we do not find, a separate entity. That's thing one. But what we do find is equally important. That's thing two. It's not really a thing, but that's the limits of language. Second aspect that's important to notice is while we find no thing, no me, no, no person, no independent entity, we don't find nothing. We find open, spacious, intelligent knowingness. We find a knowingness that knows it is empty. The knowingness knows there's not some separate me in there. The knowingness heard the thought. 
this knowingness, this awareness. It's the same knowingness that knows whatever you're sitting on, the pressure points, how it feels. Knows the position of the feet, right? Even if you're not looking at your feet. Knows the position of the hands, even if you're not looking at your hands. intelligence has this proprioception ability. It constantly renders pictures of your body in the space it's in. One tiny aspect of the intelligence of this knowingness. So in the practice of being aware of awareness, you take attention, turn it inward, we point it right at its source. And that's not hard to do because its source is this vast, empty field of knowingness that we are. So awareness is actually looking at awareness. And slowly but surely, we watch as the noun that is being aware of awareness starts to become the verb being aware of awareness. We are the ongoing act of being aware of awareness. In this practice, awareness is not veiled by the object it is aware of. Because in this practice, it is not aware of an object. Because <laughs> awareness is not an object, right? Definition of object is a beginning and an end. Now that we have a tension pointed inward at awareness, we can check to see where does awareness begin? Can you find a start point?
you find a outer boundary. You know, we don't, we don't go to mind and say, yep, no boundaries. We don't go to the concept of boundary. We bring that spotlight of inner looking and we actually travel out on the wings of awareness in search of the outer boundary. We make the journey, so to speak. If it's seen as an effort, we make the effort. Again, we're looking for the outer boundary of awareness, the start point. Like to be some point where it's like awareness, 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 fast, fast, fast. Oh, oh, wait, there it is. No, there's no awareness right over there. This, this must be the line. We're looking for where it is discontinuous. Is there any discontinuity? Is there a patch where it thins out? You just don't find any awareness there. It seems to have stopped for a moment. It's interrupted. So if we cannot find a beginning to awareness, can we find an end point? Point where it's going, 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 and then it just drops. Can we find a curve in awareness, an edge? Can we find a corner?
we allow the natural intelligence that we are to guide us and to show us what awareness actually is. We ask within, we learn from within. And in so doing, we experience directly. And therefore know it's true knowledge. Right? It doesn't run through the mind of another and then our mind and then back again. It rises up. Share a quote from Ms. Argadada. Your sincerity will guide you. Devotion to the goal of freedom and perfection will make you abandon all theories and systems and live and live by wisdom, intelligence, and active love. Theories may be good as starting points, but must be abandoned. The sooner, the better. So again, this is Ms. Argadada. I'm not sure I said that. Your sincerity will guide you. Devotion to the goal of freedom and perfection will make you abandon all theories and systems and live by wisdom intelligence, and active love. Theories may be good as starting points, but must be abandoned. The sooner, the better. Are we willing to not know 
for instance, what is awareness? What is this? We're looking right at it. We're looking right from it. Right? It's here. This is known directly. The knowingness is right here. The light is right here. The light by which we see is here. Awareness is here. You know, ask the question, are you aware? You don't have to go to your mind. You don't reason it out, right? You don't go, well, so-and-so said this and that, therefore. No, there's no therefore. Are you aware? Boom. There's a yes. And it doesn't come from your mind from your thinking. It comes from the light of pure knowingness. What is awareness? Is it an activity? Is there a you that is aware? And we check to see if that's a belief. Like there, there's a you that has awareness. Just like there's a you that has hunger, has thirst, has the ability to play the piano. Is it like that? Is it something that comes and goes, arises and falls? Is it something known by something else? In other words, is awareness an object, right? Well, let's turn around and find the subject. There's a belief that awareness is an object. No objects think themselves. They have to arise to a subject in that terminology. So we're back to looking to see if there's a subject if there's a me that has awareness. And I think for a lot of people, that's where it kind of, this, this, the belief in separation kind of, it's like a stowaway on that idea. It's just embedded. There's an assumption that isn't seen. So we just pull out the assumption and we take a look. Can we, find a separate you that has this thing called awareness. Have you looked to see? Forget the theories and who tells you your awareness. Because <laughs> if it's not believed, it, it's just another thought. And then when that thought goes, the, the, the reality of what's believed, at least the the, you know, the believed reality is that we're people and we're not awareness. We're people who talk about the fact that we are awareness because for some reason, someone thought that was a good idea. Can you find a separate person who has this awareness if that's what's believed? And we search. It's a worthy empirical endeavor. It is something we can determine. We are searching our own experience. 
the only place this idea of a person has ever arisen. So we're looking at the source of it. Where is this person? Where is this separate entity? This being which is independent from awareness. Do we find it? Are we willing to look? Are we willing to keep looking every time the notion arises and defeat it or prove it in real time? Because your sincerity will guide you. Devotion to the goal of freedom and perfection will make you abandon all theories and systems and live by wisdom, intelligence, and act of love. Theories may be good as starting points, but must be abandoned. The sooner the better. So we asked, is awareness an activity? Something that you do sometimes. Is there a belief in a separate you that has awareness? Just like your head has hair. So if there's a if that if there's a little and it's really good to be honest about whether that belief plays, we can't investigate something we're not willing to see. We can't defeat a belief if we're not willing to say it's there. Hold it up to the light. So it's fact. Find out if it's true or not.
So if the belief is still playing it, you're a person who has awareness, like you get the whole awareness thing, but it's just something you have. You, you, what you actually are is the person. Then just do, do this right now. Just turn off awareness for a minute because it's something you do. It must be something you cannot do, right? Just, just hit the clicker and just turn it off for a minute. Well, maybe you don't want to turn it all the way up. Maybe just get the dial and turn it way down, right? Because you're the person who operates this awareness. That's kind of how the, the belief goes, right? It's one of my tools, right? I'm going to go use the tool of awareness, and, I'll, and I'll, then I'll use the tool of the stove, and I'll cook myself some breakfast, right? And this idea of a separate person lives the whole time. That's why I listen to these crazy thoughts and thinks that think that there's opinions to defend because I believe they're mine because they belong to the person. So if you are the person who has the activity of awareness going on right now, turn that activity off. Could it be that what's been called person the whole time has always been awareness, always been consciousness, this light of pure knowing? It's always here, present for every experience. that we don't have a direct experience of it ever not being here. We don't have a direct experience of a beginning. What if there is nothing to defend? Because this awareness that we are is just whole. Look, look at it. We looked, look again. Can you find an outer boundary to this awareness? Not to the concept of awareness, but to the, your direct experience. So if that's too fast, we could start with, is awareness here? Do you know this for yourself as as a fact, your own direct experience tells you, yes, awareness is here. We establish that. And then we investigate. 
Is there an outer boundary? Let's find it. Another way of asking, is there anything to which awareness is divided? Does it include everything or just some things? Mind loves to include and exclude, but we're not looking at mind right now. We're looking at awareness. Is anything excluded from awareness or by awareness? Is awareness in conflict with anything that arises in it? Looking right at this awareness, does awareness judge anything that comes into it, arises before it? Now, it allows judgment, right? It allows mind to speak of judgment and all kinds, but does awareness itself? judge anything. Does awareness grasp for anything? Like it's a really good experience. Does awareness somehow try to hang on to it? Does awareness reject anything? Has awareness ever rejected anything? Does aware, another way of asking, does awareness have a rejection mechanism? Is it even possible? asking the wisdom, the intelligence, and the act of love that we are to intuitively tell us these answers.
So in light of these questions and answers, let me read you another quote. There is no chaos in the world, except the chaos which your mind creates. It is self-created, lowercase s, in the sense that at its very center is the false idea of oneself as a thing different and separate from other things. In reality, you are not a thing, nor separate. There is no chaos in the world, except the chaos, which your mind creates. It is self-created in the sense that at its very center is the false idea of oneself as a thing, different and separate from other things. In reality, you are not a thing, nor separate.
that concludes our hour. <laughs>